Today we're sitting down with Nikki Boswick, founder and editor-in-chief of The Fullest, creator of your new plant-based elixir desirable, The Fullest Saffron Latte, host of the Morning Matcha podcast, and founder of Laguna Beach Living, mama and wife to boot. Granted, there isn't enough time in one podcast episode to cover the aforementioned list, but we did have an hour together. An hour in which Nikki shares, through her own pain and mishaps, the life and love that she lives and gives. Wellness is a shared meal, even when that plate doesn't look like the greenest thing within a five-mile radius. It's the person sitting across from you. The intentions surrounding your everyday breath, the spaces you allow, and the boundaries you draw. We touched on sacred commerce, bridging business and empathy, the energetics behind breastfeeding, and that wellness is all-encompassing, not just that with which you stock your pantry with. Political, societal, environmental, it's all connected, though we do love a good green juice to top it off. Or in this case, the fullest latest saffron latte. This is Fullest Self with Nikki Boswick. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from Laguna Beach, California, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Fullest. Um, the fullest came to be because I was really into health and wellness and, or what I called health and wellness. Um, ever since I was young, I've always been really conscious of, of what I'm eating and, um, how it affects like the world just because I had pets when I was younger. And so just eating meat, um, was kind of the first thing that came to mind when all of a sudden I was like wait like I have a pet chicken but then also you're trying to feed me chicken it doesn't make sense to me um but I didn't it wasn't like we had a lot of land or a farm or anything it just so happened that my parents had got us a few chickens when I was younger and then it kind of started from there um and I became so I wasn't allowed to be a vegetarian um it was a, an intuitive thing for me at, at that time in my life. I'm not a vegetarian right now, but um, at that time in my life, I, I just really refused to eat any sort of animal um, animal meat. And it wasn't like cheese. It wasn't like vegan, but I just didn't want to eat anything that um, – any sort of meat. And my parents were like, well, there's no such thing because we come from a Persian family and they were – obviously my only source of um, information at the time so I just thought that wasn't a thing until I went to school and I was like 11 or 12 when it came up with a friend of mine and um, someone came and said I'm vegetarian I said what's that and she explained it and I went marching home and I was like excuse me you demanded a term for this and that's what I am so then I just kept telling them that that's what I am and they try and sneak it in my food here and there but for the majority um I was definitely vegetarian and then I went off to college I started learning about veganism I became vegan um and I was really passionate about it. But what happened was there was just so much information that I just kept reading because I loved it so much. But then, and I didn't realize at the time, but I just kept going deeper and deeper into this um, this space where everything became 
I was afraid of eating. I started becoming afraid of eating certain things. I'd be like, oh, fruit is bad because it's high in sugar. Beans are bad because of this. And so I just, I became raw and then I wouldn't have fruit. And not that I was like super um, anorexic or anything. I, I had struggled in my past though with an eating disorder, but this was more from a, um, a well, what I said, thought to myself as a wellness perspective, I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to only put things in my body that I thought were good for it, but I was just so strict and so extreme and it got to a point where I just really wasn't feeling good and, um, I was my body was actually inflamed. I was just holding on to so much fat, even, even though I was just eating super clean. Um, I I didn't have a period. I, I wasn't fertile and I went to go see a doctor and he, I really trusted him because he was kind of like the type of doctor you go to that would tell you don't eat fish because it has mercury don't eat this so I was like oh I really trust him I really think he'll be able to help me and he like did my blood work and then he's like I want you to go home and I just want you to eat everything and anything I don't want you to just I want you to eat like whatever you want and I was like but I don't want to eat that and that stuff I don't want to eat meat and he's like you need to like your body is telling you that you need to and he didn't really like teach me how to, um, because at the time I was still vegan and I felt like, oh my gosh, how am I just going to all of a sudden eat this? Like I can't. So I started with broths and stuff, but it was, um, him telling, giving me permission to just be, just go for it. I don't know what it was. It was external. And I really had a lot to think about. Why did I, um, get to the point where someone else had to give me permission to just like let go. But, um, I started eating bread. I started eating broths. I started eating obviously things that I really source properly, not just any type of bread, but I started introducing a lot of grains and all sorts of things at back. And at the same time, I was like, I really need to share this information with the rest of the world. Um, I started redefining what wellness was to me. So at that time, I was like, there's just so much information out there, and I need to share with people that um, just because, like, paleo or vegan or raw, low sugar, whatever it is, works for someone, it doesn't work for everyone, and you can't just, like, all all of a sudden try and combine all these diets into one because then you just, like, don't eat anything, and you're just kind of afraid. It's social suicide. Um, Everyone thinks you're crazy around you, and I had no idea I just thought I was a passionate girl that was into health and wellness and was into yoga and this kind of this journey started for me where I started redefining why I what wellness meant to me and why I wanted to be well um, and why I wanted to feel well and that's when the fullest started um, because so the fullest is a digital and print publication. Um, we have podcasts, we have the quarterly print magazine, we sell wellness products. Um, but the content that we publish is really about just feeling your best self and living your best and fullest life. And that, yes, it includes eating well, but like if that includes going out and having pasta and hanging out with friends and that brings joy into your life, 
then that is being healthy. And that was really um, something that there's like a light bulb that went off in my head because I didn't even know at the time how the um, restrictions, how unhappy they were really making me. And once I let go is actually when my body let go, my body let go of so much inflammation and so much, even though I was eating all the herbs and everything that was for inflammation and doing all these things, it was when I slowed down and just let go was now I just feel uh, the healthiest I've ever been in my life. So it's just kind of crazy. And I just wanted to share that with the rest of the world, which is how the fullest started. And that's kind of what I do. Uh, The core of what I do is, um, is share information, yes, around all sorts of wellness topics, the newest trends to, um, but to politics, even trying to bring in like a holistic aspect, um, kind of like Marianne Williamson does, like spiritual politics. Um, but ultimately, it's just so people like feel good about themselves. It becomes this abyss, literally, where it's gone from a mindset of wellness and abundance to you transition into this perspective of I can't eat anything anymore and it's not what's adding to my lifestyle, it's what it's taking away from my lifestyle. And you just, it, you get yeah. so pigeonholed. Um, yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. actually interested in knowing how did you transition back to getting your period? Because I have a few friends and they all really suffer um, with endometriosis and they've gone to Uh numerous doctors and they're not so open to the holistic side of things. So it's still very traditional, pharmaceutical driven and they're they're just turned away. There's no support. They're given all these like pills, um, quick fixes. And even there when you mentioned that the advice you got was to just go home and eat whatever and as someone who's young or as anyone who may be struggling in this mindset where you're so rigid, it's like, well, I can't just go home and do this. You need help and you need resources and proper education because it's also still the physical body and it's taxing on organs that haven't gone through eating like certain things. Yeah. And- well, like I mentioned, I started with broths, um, like chicken broth, because I still can't do beef broth. It just the taste is there's something about it, and I still get weirded out. I really do, but um, I I just knew enough uh, to know that I needed to start slow. Like that, he didn't really tell me that, but it was almost like he just gave me permission, and I just went with my gut. And like guts and glory is just such a great name for your podcast. Um, it's all about intuition and trusting your gut and yes, using science, using what the knowledge that we know there is. Google is amazing. Um, it's just trying not to take it too far. Um, so what I did was the first thing I knew was, well, if I want to introduce this to my body, I need to introduce it through the broth and then try and get healthy fats, right? So that's what the broth did for me. And it helped um, my gut. Um, There's the enzymes, like learn more about, it's all information, like food is information right now. I'm breastfeeding my son. And um, I, it, I mean, this is like going off on a tangent, but it's like any emotions I feel, anything 
um, that I go through or any foods that I eat, he's learning about his body is learning about the world around him through my breast milk. And it's just so incredible to watch, like whether it's super physical, like maybe I have some garlic and it makes him super gassy to emotions. Like maybe I'm super sad. Like right now I'm going through, um, like we talked about a second ago my um grandmother's passing and it's like me learning to not get too emotional and um out of control about it just I need to like reel myself in and stay calm because I don't want all that um sadness to go to him yeah so it's just like that with our own body when I take in the broths or anything else I introduce, I just want to do it in a way where I'm being really kind to myself. And I'm, I had to, it wasn't necessarily what I was eating either. It was reprogramming because I was basically had brainwashed, brainwashed myself into thinking everything was bad. So what I had to do like before I ate it was put a different energy in front of it. And I realized that Yes, food is really important and it clears your mind and all all sorts of things if you feed your body healthy things. But also it's the words and the thoughts. Those are the really important things. The intention. I think your mind, yeah, your intention, your mind is so powerful. So if you're like going to sit and try and eat a salad to be healthy but you hate it so much, like it's really not going to do that much for you. Yeah. And I just think the same for the other stuff it's like I could have eaten meat and taken in all this broth but been really angry well I wouldn't have probably been in the place that I am now but I had to just like work on um really reprogramming what I had told myself before about the foods that were out there and um as far as birth control and and, um and fertility goes I like I um, my husband and I have been together since high school so I had been on birth control actually even before I met him because my mom is an amazing person and I love her so much and she's done so many wonderful obviously things for me but one thing was she really trusts um, Western medicine even though she's we're from Iran and she has a lot of like holistic Eastern practices that we do um, she really does had or previously trusted Western medicine a lot. So when I was younger um, and I was like suffering from acne or or whatever it was, we were going on a trip and like my sister's older. So she had been on birth on the pill for her um, skin and my mom's an esthetician. So she had learned um, Western practices for that. And they, she was just like, Oh, like, you know, we're going to Hawaii. I had, gotten my period and she was like you know you can take um birth control pill and you won't have your period for the trip if you don't want it and that was not the best thing out of best advice but obviously at the time again she was my main source of information so I took it and I had been on birth control for a while went off of it and then once um, my now husband and I met I was 16 and I went on it and I was on it for a really long time um I would say up until I was like 23 years old so um how long is that seven years yeah 
Yeah. And like, you know, even previously I'd been on it from when I was 12. So just almost 10 years, a really long time. And so my body, my hormones didn't really ever learn to regulate themselves. It was always an external thing that helped my body regulate its hormones. And then, um, and then I was in college and my school prescribed me Adderall because I was getting super, super tired. Like I couldn't. Um, and I couldn't focus, but they tested me and I had ADHD and, um, I couldn't stay awake in a class. If it was longer than 50 minutes, I would sleep every single time something was going on. I had, had like chronic fatigue, but when they gave me the Adderall, obviously that went away, but it was only a fix and, um, like an external fix again, because if I didn't take it, then I didn't it was actually even worse. It got worse than when I was just completely off of it. Um, it was all just like external stimulation, external hormone regulation. Like I didn't know my body, but luckily, like as I had gotten more and more into a plant-based diet and learning about that, that is one thing that intuitively I was like, okay, you know, I don't want to be on medication and I need to, that's why I also became super intense because when I went off of Adderall and when I went off of my my birth control during that time, I thought that the more I learned, the more I would apply to myself, um, because I didn't want to be on medication. I thought that I could heal myself that way, which yes, it's true through food, but it wasn't again, like I learned it wasn't through restriction. It was through, um, taking care of my mental health, taking care of myself in a different way um, that ultimately helped me. But it it took so much time. Again, I think I wasn't fertile because of um, the – I had my period, but when I went off of birth control, I didn't have my period. And my body was really confused. It was sporadic, and then it just completely went away. Um, and I didn't have it for nine months. And, um, up until I went and saw my doctor finally, and he could tell, like he knew without me saying that I wasn't, I didn't have my period. He could tell through my blood work. So it was really, really crazy. And basically he, I went and started eating more fats. Um, but also I just like, I did do a lot of things like lymphatic drainage. I did IV therapy. I did acupuncture. I mean, I, I did a lot um, still, but I wasn't super rigid about it, and I wasn't super attached to my schedule. Um, but I do believe that there are a lot of holistic practices that help. Like acupuncture, I think, is just incredible. Um, if you don't like needles, you could do acupressure. But that um, really, really helps with hormones. And I think with lymphatic drainage, that is like an amazing combination. I don't think you need to go – a bunch of money on IVs um, that you're most likely just going to pee out. <laughs> I think yeah. I love IV therapy, but I it's like there's liposomal vitamins um, that people can take that are just as effective as IV and um, that you can just take at home. Really works very similarly. I don't know if you're familiar with liposomal vitamin C. No. Lipospheric. Yeah, so that is just like this little packet um let me, I have them in my fridge, but, um, it's lifospheric and it's basically, I don't, I mean, I'm not an expert, but the way I understand it is 
it's um, formulated in a way, it's like a little gel pack that um, it, the cell barrier in your body is more likely to consume it and easily just absorb it. Um, so it's just easily absorbed and the next best, best thing to having an IV. And they have vitamin C, they have vitamin B12, they have glutathione, and these are all sorts of things that they put in IVs. Like glutathione is a really incredible antioxidant, um, and it's really good for like if you're flying um, to help rid um, radiation. Any sort of antioxidant is amazing, like from berries to um, to glutathione, because like things like radiation or environmental things that we're exposed to, um, they create free radicals in our body and they just keep going around and around and around. They circulate our body until we're able to let go and ground. So either like we have to put our feet in the um, grass or our feet in the soil or our feet in the sand. And most, most of the time, I mean, most people live in apartments. When do we get the chance to do that these days? Yeah, we don't. And like our earth is covered in concrete and asphalt. And I always am like, oh my gosh, our poor earth, it can't breathe because we've covered it. It's like wearing makeup and not washing your face ever. It's disgusting. Yeah. And so what we do is we get up, we take a shower. That's like the the closest thing to grounding that we get to probably. We put our shoes on and we go outside and we never really take the time to put our feet or our hands on something that's from nature um so that's why like crystals are really good I love crystals I put crystals in my bathtub and I'll like put my feet on the crystals to ground um I'm lucky I live near the ocean but I don't always go but um but I also have like a biomat where I can put um lay on so that that helps with grounding as well because it's made with crystals and I think it's really great if you live in an urban setting because you're more likely to do that than to – it's sad, but it's free to yeah. go outside and put your foot feet in the grass. But, again, like our grass, Monsanto, it's, like, genetically modified. Oh, my God, yeah. And so, like, when you put your feet in the grass, you don't even know, are there pesticides here? Because it's most likely that the um, streets are maintained by the city, and the city most likely uses – um, pesticides so it's like really sad <laughs> yeah and they, they say that we let go of so many negative emotions and toxicities through our feet and so just just even imagining yeah. like that that what's going on there it's uh no i know oh, perfect but it's better than nothing right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and this is a perfect transition because in an interview you did with zachara i remember um, you said we're interested in self-care because that enables us to take care of other issues that are bigger than ourselves. And I think that really speaks to where we are right now, where it's like, yes, we can be doing all this work on ourselves, but it's time to look at the bigger picture um, instead of having our days yeah. like just revolve around like, oh my God, I'm obsessing over the next meal or like the next wellness trend. And so you deal within the wellness industry. However, that being said, the spectrum of wellness, which the fullest covers, it's not only inclusive to the prosperity of the self, but also looks to, you know, societal, environmental, political landscape as an integral part of our well-being, regardless of whether or not these factors actually affect us directly. 
Um, and I want to know how this reflects upon your own life and the places and experiences from which your definition of wellness is currently taking root, like your go-tos, any thoughts or musings or like even events. Like I said, it's so important. Again, when I was redefining wellness for myself, I was like, why do I want to be well? What does that mean to me? Yes, I want to be happy, but ultimately I want to be a better citizen of this world and I want to be involved and I want to be aware. And a lot at the time I was in this like wellness scene in LA where people were not paying attention and to politics. Sorry, that's my baby. If you can hear him. Um, And I wasn't either. I wasn't really paying attention. And then Marianne ran for Congress at that time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is incredible. And she's just this spiritual teacher that rolled up her sleeves and wants to bring in holistic politics um, because we're ready for it. And we don't need to be... I mean, there's just so much I could go deep into that, but it just like, there was a light bulb that went off and I was like, I want to be aware because at the time people were like, Oh, it politics. It's just way too much drama. There's this, there's that. I don't want to be involved in any sort of politics. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to ignore it. And that's how people were. But I was like, but that's everyday decisions are being made about us it with through our political system through our democracy and if we're into wellness and we care about the environmental toxins that we're being exposed to and all sorts of things the way our democracy is run then we have to be involved but if we're how many calories or how much fat or are all the stuff that's going on about ourselves like self-care is great but ultimately it's so that we can be um, there for each other because we are all connected And um, in my own life, I wasn't, like I said, really doing that. It just was this light bulb. And um, so right now, the way that it is in my, like at the time, I, you know, I just gotten married, but my husband and I, again, we've been together for so long. I could really take the time to pay attention to just myself um, and have alone time or really pay attention to all the stuff that's going on politically. And so I started a podcast. I started Morning Matcha because I wanted to learn about all sorts of things. It wasn't necessarily like who's running, which is really important, but even things like trans rights and what does transgender even mean? Like I didn't know at the time. I had no idea. I mean, I knew what I could read, but it wasn't like I'd actually sat and spoken to someone who's transgender because I didn't have anyone in my life that was transgender. And so I realized that I need to go out there and I need to meet these people because I need to open my eyes and my world uh, because we usually just hang out with people that are most similar to us. So I hang out with like a wellness crowd and then luckily like I am Persian. So I have like an ethnic family that I'm around often but if I wasn't even around them then I'd have kind of no idea and no perspective of what it's like to be a refugee or I mean they're not a couple of them are they had to flee Iran but otherwise like most of them aren't like my immediate family isn't refugee they chose to live here but but still I mean it's you know these are things that are going on currently that and they're important to stay on top of and then I 
had a baby recently and I was like, oh my gosh, obviously my whole world is consumed in, um, and revolves around my child and my family right now because he's so young. But I really, really try and figure out ways to stay in the loop and stay up to date. And there are days where I have no idea what's going on at all. Um, because all I do is just like sit maybe a nurse because that's all I can do. Um, and to find time to eat and maybe wash my face. But then there are times where I'll be like, okay, I really need to know what's going on because that's going to affect me and my future and my family and the people that I love and the whole world in general. So I try and luckily for me, like we just started doing political roundups on the fullest. Um, I have an incredible writer, Anne Lewis, who's starting to do it weekly um, and so that's a way that I can stay on top of it because she'll like kind of take in like what's going on and do a little, um, what is it like spark notes on it. And I, I love, and I used to read, um, every single day, um, that one site that I'm like blanking on right now, what is it called with an S the skin? Oh. I love the skin. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, used to like read that a lot and then uh, I listen to their audio clips as well but but again like it's still a lot of content to take in because we put out a lot of content but I love this game like if I didn't have to try and stay on top of all the fullest content then I would also yeah. be consuming that but sometimes I'm like there's too much content I don't want any content and um and that's like the map magazine too I mean I don't again if I'm talking about wellness to people then I don't want them to be on the screen all the time I want them to take time off so that's why we have a print magazine and that's why the print magazine doesn't have a bunch of advertising I mean our website like we barely ha do any advertising we're super picky about people we partner with oh I love and all if we of do them. advertising it thank you and we like we only partner with specific brands that we believe in, but we also will do it in a way where it's not bombarding you because nowadays any website you go to, it's like, wait, wait, is this an article? Like when does the article start? And when is the advertisement? I always accidentally click on that, click on advertisements and I hate it because I feel like someone's going to steal my information and whatever. So I really try and be mindful of that because, you know, all these, all this screen time, is affecting our our brain and it makes us have ADD more and more and so I try and like with um, the magazine with both but with the print magazine it's a way to unwind not be on the screen but still be able to take in timeless um, content that's centered around yourself but also politically it's like it's all really timeless pieces that have been affecting us for a really long time not super um timely and up to date like that's going on right this minute because I think that also I don't know it's kind of like designing your life and taking a moment to step back and um, there are certain decisions you make that are going to affect you years from now and I think that that's kind of how I try and go about our content too I don't want to just take in 10 minute reads that are not gonna really give much to perspective to me I want like a full on read that takes in all sorts of perspectives um that'll help me shape my opinion on a specific topic but yeah that's how I bring it into my personal life 
That's a lot of moving factors. <laughs> um, so yeah. How how are you balancing to like how are you balancing motherhood and running a business and publication and your team, your catering towards people, but also you, your child. How are you doing this? It's a lot, um, and I still don't, don't know. I mean, my husband is upstairs right now. I asked him to stay home um, from work for a little so that we can chat on the podcast. I have an assistant who's amazing, but um, I still really want to be hands-on with my child. And so I found someone who used to be a nanny but also is super into wellness, and she used to be one of our amazing customers, actually, at the Fulls because we used to have a pop-up shop. And um, we met and totally hit it off, and she helps me with him, but mainly she really helps me with the fullest and, like, shipping out products that we sell and, and like, we do photo shoots. We do so much, and she and our team is really small for the amount of work that we do. It's crazy. And everyone just wears different hats. Like we say, we have to find roles, but we really don't. We just do everything. And they're amazing. Um, we're like a family. So they're super understanding of the, how I am and my, this time period of my life. And, um, we, you know, you just kind of also like work around the clock and whenever you can, like for me, I, and I say this a lot to people, but I mainly get things done in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep. And it's the only time I can really like actually focus. Um, and I don't, it's amazing. I didn't really know that about myself until I had a kid, but it's, it's, nice because um it's kind of like my own time but I'm still you know I'm working or communicating with my team but that way like if they have questions like they know that I'll I'll get to it by the evening um or middle of the night or whatever and that's the way it is and then my husband is super helpful I have an amazing family um but again like i I don't know. Like I have to say no to a lot of things. I get invited to all sorts of incredible fun events and I have to say no most of the time because I have to be really, really particular about the way my schedule is and what is important um, to me at this time period of my life. Like maybe going and mingling with a bunch of other amazing women entrepreneurs would be nice and would be great for the fullest um, and great connections to make but I don't really have that time right now and I live an hour from LA so driving there I, um, I still do drive there for work but it's like maybe a couple times a month and before I do it like three four times a week so um, kind of slowing down But also, we're so lucky, like, we live in a time where we can communicate electronically, and we don't necessarily, like, you and I right now, I mean, we don't have to be in the same room, but we're having this amazing conversation, which is so cool. Um, So I'm just really grateful to be a woman that has a career and gets to have a family, um, and that's because we live in this time period, which is crazy. And when you're approaching decisions, um, do you look at it very technically or is it more logic versus intuition or how would you say your intuition plays into this? Intuition 
is everything for my business. Like for me, I work intuitively. I, I don't know. I've just always kind of been like that too. Um, but like I started with just content and content, the way I would come up with what we were going to publish was me. I used to like kind of dictate all the themes and everything. I only do that for the print magazine now. And I let people pitch a lot to us, but originally it was like, just how I felt something would come up and I'd think about it and I'd be like, you know what, this would be an amazing topic. And it was all intuitive um, thinking. It wasn't like, oh, this is a trend that's happening now. Let's talk about that. That's like the last thing that I would ever think to publish because I think if it comes from within, then it's powerful and you need to do something with it. And so the content is that way. Um, The the products that we sell online, same thing. If I don't personally use it or wouldn't use it, I would never, ever sell it. And so I, I like all the products, and there just happen to be products that I use, and that's why we sell it. Again, like right now, we're actually formulating products that are going to be our own products and that's all intuitive and because of my cultural background and stuff like that so it's like what I did when my son was born what I ate what I like to drink what I make myself and then I'm making those products so everything is intuition for me and even like how we organize our office um how we ship things out like someone recently I mean I have a lot of wonderful resources like my um my family is really like my husband's family they have experience with people um it's one business that they're in they just happen to know a lot of people that ship products out and have businesses where they work with third-party um logistics but and he was like oh you know I was setting up my new office and um my father-in-law was like hey like do you want it uh, meet with so-and-so to see the best way to set up an office so that it's more efficient for packing. And and I was like, that would be a really good idea, but uh, that doesn't work for me because I need to know what works for me and for my business. And if I, if I do, like I'm the type of person that if I go and see the way someone else did it, then I wouldn't be able to come up with my own process and what's best for me because then all of a sudden I'd be stuck on what worked for them and it would actually even like mess it up for me. Whereas another person would be better off going to that um, warehouse and seeing that. But for me, I I can't. It like messes up, messes with my brain. It's like the actor has to stay in character. Yeah, like I can't, I can't, I mean, I like to take advice, don't get me wrong, but I, there's certain things where it's like even other sites, I mean, I can't really go on very many sites because I, um, I just don't want to, I just want everything that we do to come from within and I don't want to like, it's not copying, um, but just like not see what other people are doing. But Backtracking a little bit, you're a woman and are you second generation? Yes. Okay. And already wellness being this space that's so often downplayed to just be this stereotypical construct. What were the obstacles that you kind of first came up against when starting the fullest? What backlashes were there? And especially within the sphere where everyone is so scared of public learning 
and actually meeting yeah. resistance and people just tear you down straight away and they don't even give you a chance sometimes. How did you go about doing that? I mean, there's definitely a lot of rejection in the beginning. I'm, it doesn't make sense to me of why. I mean, we still have a lot of people who reject um, features and profiles on our site and we're just like, why? It's free press and, you know, we're not like this weird site. I mean, we're just trying to share information about what you're doing, but people would just say no. And at the time, I, I mean, it definitely got to me, but I would just like keep my head down and keep going and keep asking other people and coming up with other stories. But like, I had to learn not to be attached and not to take it personally, because I would really take it personally if someone said no. And I get it now. I, when I look back, I'm like, well, people just don't have time. I mean, you, there's just so much to do and you can't say yes to everything. And maybe that's just what it was. And, but I didn't understand it at the time. And, um, I would definitely get down on myself and be like, wait, like, is this not, is, is is this not cool? Or is it not what people want to hear or whatever that may be? But, um, but again, because I was trusting my intuition and because it came from my heart, I knew that it needed to be out there. And I think that if I had been trying to follow a trend, um, I don't know if I would have had the strength to continue going, but it was like, I just knew I had to be, because of my own experience of what I'd gone through, like all sorts of things were telling me I had to do it. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, you're trying to convince people that you have something important to say and that they should read it. But when there's so much information out on the web, like why should they read your website? Like, what are you going to offer them? What are you benefiting them? And um, so I had to think about that, too. Like, why why should they come to our website? Why should they care about us over someone else? And and I'm not very, like, competitive either. And so that was something I just, I don't know, I had to figure out. I was like, well, just because there's other people doing something similar or if there are other people doing something similar it doesn't mean that I can't be in this place because um we can all exist here and so I just I don't know I just kept going and we definitely get a lot of no's and you just have to like have lots of backup plans because if you create an editorial calendar where you're planning on someone to do something even people fulfilling what they say that they're going to do um you know you just have to have lots of content backed up to know okay or lots of ideas it's like okay if that doesn't work I want to we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this and there's been times where it's just keeps not not working and you just have to figure it out but um but yeah it's hard when you start something and again that's why I was I was driving to LA all the time I for a little bit I was living in LA and then I moved back down to where I'm from um down in Orange County but I was, I was, you know, always gone and I just worked really, really hard. And not that I don't work really hard right now. It's just a different type of, um, working hard. I feel like we've been able to kind of establish ourselves in in this space, but it's so, so difficult because the space is so noisy. I think there's a lot, but again, like also Instagram is just so great and it's changed a lot, but at that time, um, it was, sorry, at that time, 
Instagram, and it still is. Like, you get to meet such amazing people through it if you open yourself up and you allow that. Um, There's so many people doing great things, and I would learn about people and all sorts of people that we were featuring just through Instagram. I would, like, search everything because I wanted – I mean, again, I did want content that was different, um, and I found people that no one was writing about or no one was thinking of, and and I I don't know how. I would just somehow fall upon their profiles, and and then they weren't famous because I wasn't trying to go for, like, big names or anything, and um, we just kind of, like, grew together, I would say. So that was really cool, too, Um, what's possible. I love Instagram because it's almost like if you're one that really kind of believes in manifestation, then it's almost an immediate tool where you get to see the result of that. Yeah, Even it's in, really cool. Yeah, but we're going to pay homage to your team. How did you first go about the prospect of hiring and the potential candidates and just making sure that they were in alignment with the brand's ethos and purpose? Well, um, they're all like, friends really I mean I just knew them I went to so I was a yoga instructor and I went to culinary school for raw food um after I had like gotten off all the medication um and during the time that I was still a crazy extremist obviously because who goes to raw food culinary school but um I was really into it and I loved it and I met amazing people there and we were in alignment with each other and we were all super entrepreneurial. So I had found people that were really talented. Um, so one of my like best friends, he is our art director and he's amazing and he's so supportive, has always believed in the fullest. And so, um, so I was really lucky on that part. And then also I had to really believe in myself too, because, um, for a period of time, my, in the beginning, my team was LA based, like all of them. And, I would be the one driving up there a lot, but it was really taxing on me. And I was like, I want a team that's like willing to come to me as well, because I feel like this is not even, you know, just wasn't like reciprocating what I was putting in it as well. And so um, I ended up like finding a writer that was local, more local to my area And she's amazing. I mean, we all really work remotely, but in the beginning, you kind of have to be with each other a lot because you kind of feed off each other and you do all sorts of things together and you brainstorm. So that was really cool because we all just like, like we are truly a family and they are, I consider them my best friends and we tell each other everything and it's such a different way of doing business, but, um, it's definitely, how I operate. I went to, I did a training with, I don't know, are you familiar with Cafe Gratitude? Yeah. Um, I did a training with the owners of Cafe Gratitude uh, because they're all about sacred commerce and um, just using business as a path to awakening is literally what sacred commerce is. And um, I I was like, that's what I want to do. I studied business in college. Um, My dad's an entrepreneur. I always knew I wanted to be in business, but I knew that I wanted to be in business because I wanted to have a conscious company. And um, so I did their leadership training. I mean, we we ended up getting so close. They, um, my husband did the training as well, and they ended up 
um, officiating our wedding. Um, I just love them so much. And, and I learned so much from them about employees and how, um, again, like how they're a big part of your life. And, um, these are the people that you spend most of your time with. And so you just kind of build the team that you want to hang out with too. Like these are people you're going to hang out with. You better like them. You want to spend time with them. Um, that's my Siberian Husky. Sorry. The baby and the Um, dog. Love it. Yeah. I have a, yeah, really bossy Siberian Husky who wants to eat all the time, and she lets us know it so you can hear her because she's trying to get food right now. And, um, but yeah, as far as my building the right team, sorry, let me see if I can close this door. Um, that's how I did it. I did it. I was like, okay, I want to hang out with the people that I work with are people that I would want to hang out with all the time, but they also have to have a skill set that, um, is different than mine because again, I have ADHD. I don't take medication for it. Um, all the herbs in the world might be able to help a little bit, but really I just, I learned, I have to be super strategic about the way I work. And, um, and I had to learn my working stuff. I was super young too when I started it. Um, so I had to learn that it's okay that because my dad, the way he works, that's the only um, example that I'd been around. He's very structured. Like I know that at seven a.m. my dad is at the gym. I know that um, definitely by nine, if not earlier, my dad is at his office. And I know that he's there all day long unless it's lunchtime. So it's like he – I know where he is at all times because he kind of does the same routine. He's very routine-oriented. And I love routines. Um, I actually like – but I get into a routine and then I like to change it up where things come up, especially being a mom now and, like, having to navigate so much. Like, I'm not doing the same thing all the time ever. And I used to be – that's why, like, I used to – when I was – in my extreme phase, I would get up at like 4am so that I could go work out at 5am like every single day. And now it's like, I don't literally don't remember the last time I worked out, which is terrible. But, um, but again, like my lifestyle is I'm walking a lot or I'm standing a lot with my kids. So it's not like I need to go to the gym in order to get, um, moving. Like, I'm always moving. I'm eating well, but I'm eating what I want. I eat pizza. I eat all this stuff, but none of it matters because I'm sourcing it properly. It makes me happy, and I don't eat too much of it because I don't feel restricted ever. Yeah, um, you're just But fluid. so I – yeah. So I just – with my team, it was just kind of like I had only seen him um, and his – way of doing things, which again, I know gets, so I thought that I was wrong. That's a part of the way I knew, like, I have to just do what works for me. And this works for me is uh, just being this way. And then, so it was great because my team works remotely and that works for us because we have a digital based company. Um, but also being together is really important. So we try and get together once or twice a month. Um, so it is important that we are local so that um, for the main part, we can, we can get together if we need to. Um, so I went about just like hiring people that I like and that have the skill set and empowering them to make their own schedule. And like, 
if they have a midday um, meeting or if they're going to take like a three hour lunch or if they're going to work at the beach, like do it. That's awesome. As long as we get what we need done, then I want people to be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want, because that's what I do. And that's why I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I want my team to also feel like they get to design their own life too. So that's, I think why we work so well together because I don't, I want them to be able to um, feel free. Like our managing editor, she's also a flight attendant and she does both full time, which Whoa. is pretty incredible. And, but like being a full time flight attendant means that she like takes certain number of trips, but then those are like overnight. So because they're overnight trips, they end up making up for full time. But she'll like literally be working on the fullest while she's like at the hotel or something but she also gets because she's a flight attendant she gets to fly for free anywhere in the world so like she can go anywhere and work from there which is pretty cool so um it's fun yeah also just (laughs) as a flight attendant like feeding into the content stuff it's like well you can go anywhere who knows what stories she's picking up the people she's meeting and this just all comes back to like your team and like you you lift each other up and I really really love how business these days it's being structured around this is business but it's dealing with people and for people to be yeah function at their most optimal and therefore the business like everyone's different let them figure that out for themselves and I love this thank you it's fun (laughs) but you guys are also intentional in hosting offline opportunities along with the publication how have you seen the fullest impact the actual community so we did like book clubs and we have like markets and I really it was really important to me that we did create that for us to create an offline community but that's one thing that, to be honest, we're just not good at. Like, I really try, and I still just, that's something I don't want to give up. But it's just a struggle for us because, on one hand, I feel like there's so many people that are enthusiastic about the brand, that want to be part of it, and um, and are excited. But people are busy, and I don't know, they, it's just hard to, like, have a sketch get out of your house I think now that you can postmates everything and watch everything on Netflix and it's like when was the last time someone went to a movie theater like when was the last time we like left our house and went to an event and and again for me right now I'm like okay I really want to have these personal events they're still important to me but how can I make it work um, when I personally understand that right now I'm in a place where I say no to a lot of events it's not that I don't want to be there it's just that I can't I'm in a time and place where I can't and so I'm still trying to figure that out and I mean the book clubs were super super fun um I couldn't be at the ones in New York and they were amazing um the ones in LA like we partnered with people who it was either their book or different influencers who chose a book and they're great and it is heartwarming. There are lots of heartwarming moments because it is such an intimate group. Like, it's not a crazy big group. that. And it's interesting to me because a lot of people RSVP, but then, like, maybe 5% show up. It's, like, crazy, the drop-off rate. 
And I'm still trying to figure that out. So, I mean, I'm just being super, super honest. Like we haven't figured it out. And, but it also what's cool about it is the pe- people that do come, you really get to have like, um, intimate moments with them. And like with the book club, we shared a lot about ourselves and our own perspective. So then you really get to, um, know people which I really love that about it. And it's not about the, again, for, it's not about the numbers, right? It's about the quality and experience. So they're always really amazing. Um, but I still feel like there's something to be said about a full room of people that are in the same uh, mindset as you, like the, the energy there is just really, really powerful, which is why I want it to be, um, bigger is not necessarily like that numbers matter. It's just the vibe is also amazing when it gets to that as well. Thank you for sharing that. That's thank you for opening up about that as well. Yeah. And that you're still in this process of building. (laughs) And I just hear that from what I've, I've heard so far, you're super strong in your intuition. And if this is something that you're wanting to get behind and you just see it for the fullest, it's gonna happen. I, if I were there, I'd be at every single event. If you have an example where it was guts versus logic and you went with your gut. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I have so many of those or I've had several like really big moments like that. So, um, and that I don't even remember because I'm blanking, but I will share like this one crazy experience that I had, um, that looking back, it, everything was in alignment, but in that time it was like a trauma. (laughs) Like I had like, I have like PTSD sometimes from it. Not anymore because I see it as such a beautiful, positive experience. But, um, before I started the fullest, um, I was in my early 20s, and I just graduated from college, and I had just moved back to live with my dad down in Orange County in Laguna, and um, I was like, what am I doing right now? I'm at home. I'm dealing, and like, I, my parents are separated, and so um, when I went off to college, I was just kind of like, I'm going to go to Oregon. Like I, my, my boyfriend at the time was there, but I had wanted to stay in the state, but, um, because I'm really close with my parents, but they were going through their divorce and, and it was really hard on me. And I was just like, I need to go. I need to just like get out of here. And Oregon was a great place for me to do that. Um, but I had just moved back and I was like, what am I doing back here? Now I'm dealing with all the like drama that I didn't want to be dealing with. Um, and I thought it'd be done by now, but obviously you can't run away from your thoughts and emotions. So then when I was back in the space that I had run away from, um, I had to deal with it. And so I was in a really, really low point because I felt like all my life I just worked up towards an education and then once it was done I felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do and I was really just like not super like I would say I was depressed I mean it it was a just time period where I was just really really feeling super low and shitty sorry if I can't cuss but that's how I felt totally fine and um and I remember that these feelings of like having an eating disorder and um, when I was younger, all these things had like come back and they were like resurfacing and I had to face and deal with them. But at the same time, I really 
felt like I just really want to know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I, you know, I was traveling. I went to Peru. I went to Machu Picchu. And I went to different places to kind of find answers and learn more about myself because I intuitively knew I had to go in to understand um, what I needed to work on. But anyways, I was living with my dad. He was out of town a lot. And um, it just so happens, like, I had been driving, I was driving to LA a lot because I just love it there. And one day I just like was driving back from Air One, which is this awesome grocery store. And I was like, literally, I, yeah, I was like, I need a sign. I need a sign. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm really sad. I just like broke down crying in my car. And I just remember asking for a sign and um I'm not religious but I do believe in like a higher power higher energy so I just was like what am I supposed to do why am I so sad like help me I can't help myself anymore and um literally like that week someone so I was home luckily my dad was home that night but that week and that night someone broke tried breaking into my bedroom and I was freaking out I mean I screamed bloody murder like woke my dad up and um and he was like and it had happened actually once before that I thought so but it was like oh my dad was like that was the wind that was the wind but then this time it just so happened that no it was actually like a person um because my dog like went outside and started wagging her tail like she's not a guard dog at all she gets super excited and I could hear her like dog chain Um, I had like a doggy door outside my bedroom that led to a patio where this person was trying to get in. And, um, I freaked out. I couldn't even be home during the day anymore. I mean, this person like ran away because I screamed so loud and my dad was there luckily and whatever we went on with the night. But then I got to the point where I couldn't be in the house by myself even during the day. So, um, that's when I went off to like this retreat down in San Diego. That was like a week long wellness retreat or whatever, just so that I could get away and um, not think about it. And then I met people there and just started me on the journey of starting the fullest. And that literally was like this, like fuel and this fire lit, lit under my butt. That was like, you need to just like go do this. But that was a pivotal moment in my life that started everything. And it was because of that person. And at the time I was like, so scared, but looking back, I'm like, if that didn't happen, I would not be where I am today. And it's because of that that sign. And, um, I think that sometimes like things that are (laughs) that aren't great can also be amazing coincidences. Um, so I didn't, take it as a sign right away at all but once I started really like looking back more I realized that that was exactly what I needed at that time and that's how things got going for me this was fullest self with Nikki Boswick refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest share your thoughts and show us some love by subscribing or again touch to be featured on the podcast released every other Monday thanks for lending us an ear Passing on the mic.